Hello, Posituners. Welcome and thank you for joining. So here we go. This is my robbery story, unedited since it was originally writ- written. I did adjust it several times and use it for different things at school, but this is the original version that I honestly haven't read in probably more than 10 years. I also want to give a trigger warning ahead of this. This is a robbery story. There's violence, firearms, there are victims involved, there's language. A firearm is discharged. So if any of these are triggers for you, you may want to tune out. Just want to lay that out up front. Also, just want to say like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Positunity, online at Positunity.net, biz and org, and the email is PositunityNow at gmail.com. And uh, if you have any questions on an episode or just in general thoughts, suggestions, guests, anything like that, go ahead and hit me up on one of those channels. So let's jump in. I'm also going to tell you that I've changed other people's names in this story. I could have never imagined the events that would transpire on that Friday afternoon one week ago. The memories are still so fresh in my mind and probably will be for the rest of my life. The more I talk to people who have been through something like this, the more I realize that there are going to be some serious long-term effects with this experience. The thing about it is that even if I had expected what happened, and even if I knew everything about what and how it would happen, I could have never prepared. A movie may be able to accurately depict the events that happen, but the feelings can never be fully captured unless you have been through it. You never will know what it is like. It's Friday, February 20th, 2004. The time, almost four. Almost four exactly. The police in the alarm company may say it was four or after four, but in my mind, it will forever be almost four. It was 3.58. An older, older gentleman had walked into the bank and I had greeted him. I remember him turning to me and smiling. I'll never forget his smile kind of crooked and caught off guard that I had greeted him as he walked in the building. Shortly thereafter, two young guys who had been there to cash their checks went to leave. As I usually try to do, I said, have a great day or weekend. I'm I'm unsure of which now. In any case, neither one mattered because both of their lives were about to change as dramatically as mine and everyone else who was there after 3.58 p.m. The first guy had gone through the first set of doors and was on his way out the second, and his friend followed close behind, but never made it completely through the first set of doors until the proverbial proverbial shit hit the fan. I was sitting at my desk and had just pulled over a signature removal form to do maintenance on an appropriate account. I don't really remember this detail as part of the events that happened, but I now remember because the same piece of paper was sitting there waiting for me on Monday morning. I had started to bring up the account on the computer when I heard the second guy say, Holy shit! Startled to attention, I looked up from what I was doing, 
to see him moving back inside the doors of the bank to get out of the way. Mind you, all of this was practically instantaneous, but it takes longer to get all the details out on paper. In one sweeping motion from him, I looked to the entryway to see two hooded men with guns entering the building and pushing the first customer back inside the building. Holy is exactly went through my mind at that moment as well. In fact, all of the events that took place over the next two minutes, this is the image that haunts me. This is the image that will not go away. This is the thing that sticks in my mind as the most graphic event of the entire robbery. Seeing those two men forcing their way into the bank and seeing the guns in their hands was hands down the most frightening thing that had ever happened to me. Little did I know that less than 30 seconds later, that moment would be topped not once, but twice. However, even having things worse happen has not dulled the instant shock of that one instant. And that was all that it was. The entry could not have taken more than a few seconds. The feeling of sheer panic at the moment, so overwhelming, I'm amazed that I was able to accomplish anything. The feeling of helping, helplessness, seeing them fight their way in, and knowing that there was not a damn thing I could do to stop them, was disheartening and terrifying. Amidst the fear uh, and confusion, I was able to push my panic alarm button before either of the two men were even inside the building. I saw them through the windows and realized what was happening and pushed the button as part of the one movement of hearing the customer looking to him and looking out the windows. Holy, while the whole thing I can use to sum up the one moment will never be enough to express those 10 seconds. Before I knew it, the two men were inside the bank, screaming. They pushed the first customer, the one they had pulled back inside, down to the ground. Everybody down on the effing ground. Everyone down right now. This is an effing robbery. Get down on the ground right effing now. Immediately, the other two customers in the lobby dropped the, to the ground in front of my desk. I pushed my chair back, as I normally do to get up and walk away, or... or or reach something behind my desk, but I dropped to the floor immediately behind my desk. I didn't crawl under it. That thought never occurred to me. I just laid down right in front or right behind the desk. That was the fastest way for me to get down. I didn't think that they wouldn't want me behind the desk. I just got down like I was ordered. Apparently behind the desk was inappropriate as the second robber leaned over my desk with his gun and ordered, Get out from behind the effing desk and don't press your alarm. You, I'm talking to you, out from behind the desk. Now, when the two guys entered, I saw they both had guns. But the only one that registered in my mind was a sawed-off shotgun. Like I said, I remember that they both had guns, but I guess I just assumed they were both the same. I say this because as I looked up to realize that I was the you he was referring to, I found myself staring up the barrel of a gun, behind which I saw only a man dressed in black from head to toe. His pants were black, he had on a black coat, he had on black gloves, and he had that awful intimidating black ski mask allowing only his white skin around the eyes and mouth to show through. This contrasted dramatically with everything else dark. 
That was the only physical description I can give about him. I do remember he had something else in his other hand, something I know now was a bag or something like that, uh, but I don't remember anything else about him. I just remember seeing the round hole of the gun set against the background of black with three white holes. The gun, as I said, in my mind was a sawed-off shotgun because that was all I remembered seeing. I know now he actually had a pistol which was pointed at me, but I don't remember that part. I looked up and realized that he was talking to me and that he didn't want me behind the desk. I am glad now that he just leaned over the desk to yell at at me, because had he come around, he may have realized that despite his threat, I had already pushed the alarm button before he ever got in the building. I, however, as instructed, in every robbery training I have been to, complied immediately with his demands. I got to my hands and knees and crawled out from behind my desk to the side and slightly in front of my desk so that he could see me. I never got up completely, just enough to get out from behind the desk. All I All the while I was climbing out from behind the desk, he kept the gun on me. I remember that I wanted to get out from behind my desk quickly, but not too quickly, for fear that he would get jumpy and shoot me. I guess I sufficiently complied because the next thing I heard was, Now, get down! Get down on the effing ground right there! Now, face down! Get down! My my hands were still above my head in the classic don't-shoot position, when I laid face down on the ground. I remember laying there thinking, don't shoot me. Oh God, please don't shoot me. Please God, don't let him shoot me. Don't let me die here, not like this. Please don't shoot me. I was thinking so hard, I actually thought I was saying things out loud. I stopped for fear that he would hear me. I didn't want him to know how afraid I was. I know they were afraid, but I I didn't want to let him know how afraid I really was. After my immediate thoughts about getting shot in the back of the head while I lay there on the ground, I realized that he had joined his partner behind the teller line to get the money. While I continued to lay there, I thought about so many other things. I thought about my family and friends and other loved ones. I thought about the last time I'd seen so many people. I thought about the last time I talked to so many people. I thought about the last time I told my family I loved them. The most upsetting thing was that there, right in that moment, I couldn't remember the last time I had done most of those things. I became not so afraid about dying, but about the other things I hadn't said or done for the people I cared about, and not knowing if there would be a next time to say or do any of those things. That's what I was afraid of. Then I didn't want to die for me. Well, it was for me, but it was so that I could talk to all of those people in my life again and tell them how much they meant to me, realizing it could have been my last moment alive and not remembering those important, most important things was more depressing than the whole event that took place. I didn't look up. I didn't look around. A lot of my reasoning was that I didn't want to see anything more than I already had. I didn't want to see what was happening. I probably couldn't have seen anything from my position, but I, I didn't want a chance seeing something that I wasn't supposed to. I didn't want them to, quote unquote, catch me looking. So I never did. 
also, there wasn't really time. I was listening to every word that was being said, and I was really trying to focus on that. I wanted to know what they were saying, but I also was listening to figure out if I recognized any of the voices. There was no accent, which meant that they were probably local guys, but I couldn't place either either of the voices. The harder I tried to force a familiarity, the more distant it became. I decided that I didn't, I couldn't possibly know them. The screaming was so loud that it seemed like they may as well have been screaming directly into my ear. Every time I heard them yell, I flinched. It was like they were yelling at me and I wasn't even near them. I heard drawers being pulled open and slammed shut. I heard them pounding on things in frustration. They had yelled for all the tellers to get down on the ground and open their drawers. I don't know what the orders, what orders the tellers complied with other than getting on the ground because it sounded like the two men were opening the drawers on their own. Give us the money. Open your drawers. Get down on the effing ground right now. Right there. Open your drawer. As they spoke to the individual tellers, who were there, I could hear the fear in each of their voices. They were just as afraid as I was. None of us knew what was going to happen, and none of us wanted to do anything to upset them any more than they already were. Give us the money. Let us in the vault. Give me your keys. Give me your keys now. Keys right now. Who has the key to the vault? Let us in the vault. We have to get in the vault right now. You, give me your keys. Who has the vault keys? Come on, right now, let us in the vault. I knew who had the keys to the vault. I knew who could let them in. I was one of those people, but I wasn't going to volunteer that information. I wanted them the hell out of there right now. I wasn't going to put myself into a tiny room with two lunatics. They were obviously crazy, and 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 though I wasn't thinking clearly at the time, I wasn't crazy enough to comply with their demand. Luckily, the tellers were on the same wavelength with me, and none of them were cooperating with that request. Not all of them had keys to the vault to begin with, but the ones who did were not giving it up. More importantly, and more heroically, no one was giving up the information about who did have keys to the vault. One teller did hand over her keys and said, You can take my keys, but I don't have the vault key. Who does? Who has the damn vault key? You have my keys. I don't have any other keys. You took them. The poor new girl was over there, and they were hounding her for the vault key. I kept hearing her say, I don't have any keys. I don't have the vault key. I don't have the key. I can't get you in. I don't know who has it. Both of those tellers knew who had it, and indeed, one of the robbers had one of the keys to the vault in his hand. He didn't realize it, and he didn't even try to use it. He just kept yelling, and I could hear someone shaking the outer door of the vault. Who has the keys to the vault? Let us in. We have to get in the vault. The sound of a shotgun blast pierced the air. I flinched. I winced. I thought, oh my God, what have they done? I pulled my hands up against the top of my head. Time slowed down. Before. But now it was frozen. They had fired the gun. It was in the middle of all the yelling about getting into the vault that the shot went off. In my analysis of the moment, and 
And at the moment, I didn't think that anyone had been shot. The way it happened, the way it sounded, the way I pictured it, even at the moment, was as a warning shot. They wanted to get into the vault, and they wanted us all to know they were serious. They wanted to scare us more than we already were, so that someone would give in and let them in the vault. That is how I had it figured, anyway. Part of, part of that may have been wishful thinking, on my part, because I didn't want to have anyone get shot, but I also figured that because I hadn't heard a scream, I figured that if someone would have been shot, they or someone else would have screamed. That by no means made it any easier to stand up and look around to see whether or not I was right. I didn't want to be wrong. I prayed for it to have been a warning shot. I knew I couldn't deal with it being anything but that. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. We have to get in the vault. There isn't time. We have to go. Shit. Let us in the vault. Come on. There's no more time. We have to go. Damn it. Everybody stay down. Just stay down. Don't get the F up till we're gone. Stay down. Don't get up. The voices drew closer to me as they hurried out the door. I tensed up, knowing they were passing by. I didn't know whether they were going to shoot one of us in frustration on the way out the door. I just laid there thinking, just leave, just go. You got what you came for, now leave, don't hurt any of us, you got the money, now go. I heard the click of the door, and knew that meant they were out of the building. Not thinking that he might be watching inside to see what we were doing, and that they might shoot me if I sat up and looked out the window, I sat up anyway. As I was laying there, I kept thinking, when they leave, get up and get the license plate number. Get the license plate. Get the license plate number. As soon as they're gone, you have to get the license plate number. I kept thinking it and saying it to myself because I didn't want to forget. Stay down, one of the customers, the older gentleman, whispered to me as if he thought the two guys could still hear us. Don't get up yet. I have to. I have to get the license plate number. But sir, please, you stay down until I tell you they're gone. When I wrote it down, the letter and numbers were completely illegible from the license plate. I grabbed the first piece of paper I could find. I knew I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget. When I gave it to the policeman later, he just kind of looked at it, smiled, and asked, What is the number? I could read it as plain as day, but I, I realized upon looking at it, no one else could have read it. It was more of a reminder to me of what the numbers were. I couldn't actually read them. I had been so nervous and shaking so badly that it truly was like chicken scratch on that piece of paper. That's out of the ordinary because I usually uh, am complimented on my penmanship. But things started happening at that point. Sure, things were obviously happening before now, but instead of time being stretched out, now it was all condensed together. Before, I had been able to soak up loads of information as it was happening, and now everything was so fast I couldn't take it all in. Immediately after I had written down the license plate numbers, I abandoned the paper and turned back to the three customers who were laying directly in front of my desk. Are you all okay? Is everyone all right? Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're all right. Are you okay? I'm fine. I, I need to know... You three are all okay. Lock the door, I heard from the teller line. Aaron, we have to lock the door right now. 
As I grabbed the door key out of my desk, I heard the older gentleman begin asking questions. Okay, now what did they look like? I only saw the one guy pass me. What was he wearing? Uh, did you see them both? We, uh, we gotta give clear descriptions. What did you see? Sir! I said as I searched for the key and then wandered around from behind my desk toward the door. Please, do not talk to each other. It's very important you do not talk to each other. I have some paperwork for you to fill out, but you need to do it on your own. Until you fill that out, it's vital you do not talk to each other. Don't try to corroborate stories. It's essential you fill out these forms exactly the way you remember things, not how anyone else remembers anything. And don't touch anything. He looked at me like he was rather put out and with a face that said, you can't tell me, you can't talk to tell me not to talk to anyone. I can do whatever I want. I turned the key and popped the lock out of the bar. When I was asked later, I said that it had to have taken the police more than five minutes to get to us from the time our alarms, our alarms were tripped. But looking back, I realized it must have been less than that. The robbers were there for less than two minutes. I got the license plate number. I watched them leaving. I turned to check on the customers, and then I locked the door. By the time I had gotten back to the door to put up our robbery sign, the first policeman was already there. It had to have been between two and four minutes at the most. The reason it seemed like it took longer was that the first policeman did not enter our building in this situation. They make sure the parking lot is secure. The ones who come after block our entrances so no more vehicles may enter or exit. Once that is done and reinforcements arrive, then officers enter the building. So I was gauging the time on when I saw the first officer in the building, not when I'd actually seen the first officer in the parking lot. For them to have gotten there that quickly, considering the other events we learned about later that were taking place around the city, was actually a very quick response time. After locking the door, I returned to my desk to start making copies of our robbery reports to give to everyone who had gone through it, customer and employee. The older gentleman was still sort of glaring at me. He wasn't talking, but he was glaring. As I made the copies, I explained to him why he wasn't supposed to talk to anyone. Sir, if you talk to people, your stories get mixed together. It's important that before you talk to anyone and stories get intermingled, you write down everything exactly the way you remember it. It isn't important whether your version is right or wrong or how accurate your details are. What is crucial is that you write it exactly how you remember it. If you talk to these other two guys and you say... I don't know, they seem to be 30, but the other two guys say they seem to be 20, you might change your story to be in line with what the majority says. You may figure that you got it wrong because the other two said something else. The reality may be you are the only one who got it correct. If you change your story to be the same as everyone else, and you were the only one who got that detail right, that vital piece of information that could lead to their arrest has been eliminated. With that, I saw his understanding and the understanding of the other customers' faces. I handed them their forms, and the head teller collected some for the teller line. I then realized that we had to get a sign-up. There was already a customer at the door trying to get in. There was another customer in the parking lot. She realized that something was going on, but wasn't quite sure what it was. I had written a sign in much better writing, incidentally, and stuck it up to the window so the customer could read it. 
This office is closed due to a robbery. Sorry for any inconvenience. His eyes got wide, and then he looked like he was upset. Because he couldn't do his transaction? I thought, are you serious? We just got robbed. You can go to another branch, dude. As he turned and walked away, I saw the first policeman pull in. It's about time. I wandered over to the teller line. They were all busily, busily filling out their forms. Is everything all right? Yeah, we're okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm... L. Oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. L, you're bleeding. Did you know you're bleeding? Yeah, but I'm okay. L, what happened? I guess I was in the way. The guy with the shotgun smacked me on the back of the head while I was lying on the ground. You were just laying there? Yeah, I was just laying there, and then he basically pistol-whipped me with the shotgun. Is that possible, pistol-whip with a shotgun? Anyway, I'm okay. Oh my god, he hit you on the back of the head while you were on the ground? Everyone's okay, though. The shot. The shot! No one got shot. Where did they shoot? No one could find the hole. We were all looking up at the ceiling because there was debris all over the floor, but we couldn't see any holes. I don't... I don't know where they shot. We were all facing down on the ground, so no one saw anything. Did anyone get a license plate number? The first cop was in the building talking to Dane, the assistant manager. He had seen them come in. He had pushed his alarm almost before they had even exited the car. They already had their masks on, so he didn't get a description, but he tripped his alarm before anyone else knew what was going to happen, he had seen the car to know that it was a Ford Taurus and it had Colorado plates, but hadn't thought to get the license plate number. I did. I headed to my desk to get the paper with the secret code on it. What is the number? Oh, wow. That is really bad writing. I never like write like that, I promise. But the number is... I rattled it off without even thinking about it. It's it's interesting to think uh, the things that I could recall and the things that I couldn't. Right then, I was able to rattle off the number with zero hesitation, and they were all right. But five minutes later, later I could not remember what they were, even looking at that paper. I could decipher a couple, but it, it may as well have been a foreign language. Also, when I was filling out the paperwork later, I couldn't even remember our address. I'd worked there for three and a half years. I had written that address and said that address at least a hundred times, and I couldn't remember it here to save my life. Do you have videotape for your cameras? Yeah, that's a stupid question. Can you go back with this detective and show him the video of the robbery so we can get some descriptions and put it out over the wire? Sure. You're not going to get a description. These guys were completely covered. The only thing showing was the two eye holes and a mouth hole. You're not going to get any better description than we've already given you, I thought to myself. Watching the video with the detectives gave me a chance to pull together details I hadn't known before. I hadn't been able to see everything since I was on the ground. I had to watch it over and over. A new detective would come in and I would have to rewind it to see if he could see anything identifying. You know, this is what it felt like. This is how long it all seemed to take. Forever, I said to the cop. I'm sure it was. It seems like it is never going to end, doesn't it? I nodded. 
These guys knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly where to go and how to get there. They've done this before. We knew something was going on. I had a puzzled look on my face. Yeah, we knew something was happening because we got a bomb threat to our parking lot. So we had a lot of people working on that. 15 minutes later, we got a bomb threat for Wells Fargo on the other end of town. We knew something was happening and it was big, but we didn't know what. Not until we got the call from you guys did we realize this is what it was all for. When watching the video, the machine plays it back in slow motion. When an alarm is tripped, the cameras immediately switch to alarm mode and start taking what can basically be compared to time-lapse pictures. At that point, each camera captures an image about every second. When it's played back on a, a screen, it's excruciatingly slow. As I as slowly as it was happening in playback is how it felt like to live through. Eventually, I said, you guys have seen how to run this. I'm going to get back out to the front. Before I knew it, other people were arriving, people from the bank. Ray had been the one to call all of them and let them know what had happened. People from our operations center had dropped everything to come out and help us. They were people I had worked with since I started at the bank. I didn't work directly with them, but I knew them all. I have never been so happy to see people in my entire life. Being able to see people I worked with there to help us was so comforting. Knowing they had left all of their work to be with us was amazing. Yes, that is part of their job. Their job is kind of, uh, their job in this kind of situation is to come take care of everything so that none of the victims have to worry about pulling the work together and getting things cleaned up. That is their job. But it never entered my mind. I was just so happy to see them there. I gave them all hugs and showed them my still shaking hands. They had all holed up in the corner office. And I remember thinking, that is so strange that they're just staying in there. It's so small. I learned later that the police had ordered them to stay in there while they gathered evidence. I never saw them dusting or gathering anything. I, I know they did. Our operations people saw them doing it, but I never saw any of that. The only thing I saw was the crime scene photographer taking pictures of everything. Where's the gunshot hole? We don't know. We haven't found it. Even the police were looking up at the ceiling to find the hole. No one could locate it. They found the car. Immediate applause broke out. That was fast. They found them already. That was, oh, sorry, false alarm. They did find the car, but that was all they found. The guys ditched the car and took off in a different one. So they did find the car and they will get a lot from that, but the guys are gone. What a letdown. Here it is. Here's where the shot went. Almost out of sight behind the teller, behind a teller station was a one inch hole where the shot had gone through. Anyone could have been there. Was he firing at someone? Was it just an accident? Why there? He was only a couple feet up from the floor. The police immediately began tearing the wall apart. At first, they assumed it was a slug from the way the hole was. And eventually they stopped tearing the wall apart because they couldn't find it. It was either a slug or it had happened so closely that there was no spray of the shotgun BBs. 
The wall was patched up that night, so we will probably never know. No matter what, the gun was loaded. Even a slug to the back of the head or anywhere else could kill someone or do some serious damage. Has this money been here the whole time? One of the detectives was referring to a couple packs of money sitting on the counter. Did they just leave this here when they left? No, it was out the whole time. One of the tellers had gone to the vault for money just before the robbery, and she had not had the chance to even put it away when the two guys stormed in. They took all the money in the drawers and they left this money sitting on the counter? The tellers nodded. They went through all that and left this. What is it, $2,000? They left $2,000 on the counter. They are so stupid. Criminals are stupid. The money had been less than two feet away from one of the drawers they had emptied. One reach of the arm and they could have had those bundles. The older gentleman kept pestering people about getting out of here. He was more than willing to cooperate with whatever he needed to do, but he had to get out of the bank. He asked the head teller if she would do his transaction, which which she could because everything had which she couldn't because everything had to stay exactly as it was. Then he was asking the police and the FBI how long it would take before he could leave. He asked the head of operations when he could leave. He was obsessed with leaving. As he was finally leaving, he talked to me and the head of our operations and told us that he'd actually had has a concealed weapons permit. He lives out of town and comes up every few weeks to do his business and whatnot. He never leaves home without his gun. He never goes anywhere without his gun. He even has a checklist in his car in case he does happen to forget it. In over 10 years, he's only had to go back into his house five times to get his gun after checking that list. He never forgets it. This time, he'd gotten into his car and realized he forgot his gun. He went to get out of the car and was overwhelmed with the feeling that he wouldn't need it this time. He tried to ignore it because, need it or not, he always took his gun. But it was as if he was pushed back into his seat. It was important that he not take his gun. Thank God you didn't have your gun, we both said. Who knows what would have happened if you had brought it in here? Who knows what would what they would have done or what or what you would have done if if you had seen each other with guns? I know. And I know that I wasn't supposed to bring my gun this time, but I do need to get out of here and get to another bank. Are your other branches open? Oh yeah, all of them are open. It's just this one that's closed. But will they be open when I get there? It was starting to get close to six when all of our branches close. Yes, they will still be open. If you would like or you're nervous, I can call whichever branch you're going to and let them know that if they're closed when you get there, they need to take your deposit for you. Would you? Oh, I would appreciate that so much. My wife is going to kill me if I don't make this deposit and bring the cash back tonight. I would rather go through what we just went through a hundred times than face my wife without a receipt for this and the cash. Are you kidding me? A hundred times. What is wrong with your wife? 
Maybe it's time to get a new wife, I thought to myself. She isn't going to understand that you were in a bank robbery and the important thing is that you're alive and well. What is wrong with your wife? Are you that afraid of her? A hundred times. You have got to be kidding me. No wonder you have a concealed weapons permit. Excuse me, sir. I think you are the last person that we have to interview. One of the FBI agents was talking to me. It was true. I had been running around trying to take care of everything else. I figured when they needed me, they would ask. He made me go sit in a room while he had a quick conversation. To him, it was quick. To me, it lasted forever. I couldn't just sit there and do nothing while he talked. There were still things to do. I kept getting up to do things and ask other people to do things. And I kept telling me to sit down and wait in the room. Finally, he came in and said, So how are you? Are you for real? Come on, dude. How am I? We just got robbed. How do you think I am? I'm all right. The optimist in me took over. I'm always trying to turn a bad thing into a good thing, so it's not so overwhelming. You are? That's good. Yeah. I mean, I've had better days. (laughs) He nodded. But I've had worse days. He had been looking down at his notepad and writing, but he now looked up and his eyes got wide. You have? Now I'd had three seconds to think about it. Come to think of it, no. No, I have not. This is it. I've never been robbed before. I've never had a gun pointed at me. So yeah, this is pretty much the worst day ever. (laughs) See, that's the answer I expected. He asked questions and proceeded to tell, and I proceeded to tell him everything I knew. I had to keep clarifying to let him know what I actually remember happening and what I had put together from watching the video, because in some cases it was different. When I finished with him, or he finished with me, whichever was the case, I went back to, quote unquote, taking care of things. Although in my absence, they had pretty much taken care of themselves. They had let everyone out of the, quote unquote, holding room so they could start cleaning things up and taking care of everything so we didn't have to. L had been taken to the hospital. He had five staples for the cut on the back of his head. One of the tellers had already gone home. The assistant manager was heading out at that point. The manager had just arrived. She had been out of the office to run some errands. That's all they got? Yeah. That is all the drawers are short. $2,000. Not even worth their time, really. 1966, I think, just shy of 2000. They could have doubled their money if they had paid attention to the two bundles of $100 bills sitting on the counter. $2,000, that's it. Your tellers are awesome. They followed procedures and had all but their top drawers locked, and they had a minimum amounts of cash in the top drawer. Because of that, those guys got hardly anything. Jay, the teller who had gotten the money out of the vault and left it on the counter, told me earlier that they had left the money. She couldn't believe they'd left without it. True, it was ridiculous that they had left more on the counter than they even got out with, but they are not paying attention to that. I told that to Jay. They're here to get in and out. They know where the money is and where the money is supposed to be. It's in the drawers and in the vault. They don't look around for money that might just be sitting out. The excitement had died down significantly. I was worn out. I was completely spent. 
as I realized that everything was being taken care of and that I didn't have to be there anymore. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted out of there. I got to go. D, you about ready to leave? Yeah, I'll be right behind you. Okay, thanks. And thanks, you guys, for coming out here. Thank you so much for taking care of all of this for us. Thank you. I clocked out. It's funny. I actually thought to do that. That punch of the time clock was the end for me. Never has it sounded so good and so final at the same time. With that punch came the end of the day and all that had happened. It was finally over, even though the stories were just beginning. Somberly, I walked to my car. Never in my life had I imagined that this would happen to me. Never. It was always something that could happen. Working at a bank. Never something that really did. But it did happen. I did go through it. I did survive it. In my car, I broke down. I'd left my phone home so I couldn't call my parents. Nothing I did eased the pain, the sorrow, or the anger. The radio didn't help, and the silence was awful. I couldn't be in silence. As long as I was doing something, talking to someone, I was all right. But the silence was unbearable. And yet, the silence was all there was on my 20-minute drive home. I wanted to cry. I wanted to sob. I did share a few tears, but they were more of a relief that it was finally over. I hurt so badly. Not from physical harm but from the trauma of what had been done. I will never, never, if I live to be a thousand years old, understand how someone could do that to other people. Why someone would do that to other people. I will never understand in my life how one human can inflict that much pain and terror on another human. Never. Even if I hear it from them, even if I hear their reasoning, I don't think I will understand it. And more importantly, I will never be the same. So thanks for listening. And thank you even more if you are sharing this. Because sharing is caring. Share it with someone. Just anyone. Share it. And I promise the next episode will come out much more quickly than this one did. I just had this overwhelming feeling to change topics right as I was about to publish the other one, and then it took time to get this one out. So, until the next episode, be well.